0: It's good to welcome you tonight to our evening service, and we want to commence, please, with hymn number 76, so you make sure you find a hymnal in the pew in front of you. Turn to number 76, and let's stand as we lift our hearts to worship the Lord. Let's come to the Lord now, please, in prayer and commit our evening service to Him. Father, as we bow our hearts, our heads, our minds, our entire being in Thy presence now, we do so in that name that is above every other name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And we know, Father, that as we come in Jesus' name, meaning that we come upon all His merit, upon all the value and worth of His atoning sacrifice, upon the ground of His own precious shed blood that we approach tonight. And we know, Lord, that we are welcome. We know that there is no power, no authority that can keep us away. And dear Father, I pray that we will always come with the joy and knowledge and confidence that we belong to Jesus and that He belongs to us, not for the years of time alone, Father, but for all eternity. We have a great hope. Our sins, which were many, have been washed away, and we know we have a home in glory. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And though, Lord, we often stumble and fall in our pilgrim journey, yet we know that we are alive in Jesus, and we know that in all of our imperfection, that, Lord, You look and see us through the perfection of our Redeemer. And that makes us very content, Lord, very happy. It means that we have peace tonight with our God. And, Lord, there is no force or power that can keep us away. We are children of the King children of the Most High God in heaven. And, Lord, it is a wonder we cannot comprehend. We cannot properly take it in. The very fact, Lord, that we can gather tonight in this way, the very truth that we can open our hearts, our voices, our minds to pray, it is a great condescension, Lord, that You would hear our prayer that You would receive us to Yourself. And dear Father, I pray that whatever burdens, whatever weights, whatever trials are upon the hearts of Your people here now, that they would be lifted from them, that each one of us would understand the truth of those words Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And Lord, as we cast our burdens upon the Lord, you have promised to sustain us. Give us strength, I pray tonight. Let us go forward conquering and to conquer, not afraid of the face of men. For if we have come face to face with our God by faith, There is no power or force that can make us afraid, for greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And, Lord, we rejoice that our Father in heaven, You dwell within us, that our blessed Lord Jesus, our Savior, abides and dwells within, and the Comforter abides within Lord, what a wonder and a marvel of sovereign grace, a marvel of divine mercy. Dear Lord, help us as Your children and people to walk in the light and the authority of that truth. And help us, we pray, to be bold in our God, not to be brash, not to be unkind or crude, but rather, Lord, we will have Thee evidence of the Spirit of God in us as we endeavor to speak to people and to witness to our neighbors and friends and family. Oh, God, do a great work through us, I pray tonight. Make each one of us sole winners for Jesus. And Lord, don't let the devil silence us. Don't let him cause us to be overcome with fear and nervousness. But let us be bold in our God to take our stand in Christ, to take our stand for Christ, and to take our stand with Him. Dear God, hear our prayers tonight. Remember those who are sick. We pray tonight for Ron that you would comfort him. We pray for Serene. Remember Steve. We ask tonight that you would be with our sister Rowena. Lord, comfort and strengthen her body and other elderly ones or perhaps sick ones that we do not fully know the details of their situation, but bless and strengthen each one. May we be strong in the Lord and know the health and the mental stability and the emotional strength and the spiritual fortitude to keep going through thick and thin. And that, Lord, You would bless us as You have blessed us that we might continue to walk daily with our God. Teach us, Lord, what it means to take up our cross daily to follow Christ. Lord, hear our prayers. Remember our missionaries Remember our churches that do not have full-time pastors. Remember, Lord, the needs of everyone within our denomination. May there be growth, and may there be advancement, and may many precious souls be born again of the Spirit of God. Be with us now tonight in our evening service. Be with every part of our fellowship. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We'll sing again, please, number 338. 338, standing as we sing. My only plea, now I'm coming home. That Jesus died and he died for me. Lord, I'm coming home. I need his cleansing blood, I know. Now I'm coming home. Oh, wash me whiter than the snow. Lord, I am coming home. Tonight, in our study in chapter 4 of the book of Daniel... We're looking at a figure, the King Nebuchadnezzar. And I've chosen this hymn for us to sing tonight. I hope and pray it would be maybe a word for some heart, someone here in the church, or maybe you're watching online tonight, and the Lord would take His word and speak to your heart, even from the hymns that we're singing. All of us, you know, well, we can sing this at some time or another, because each of us drift away and become cold in hearts. We're thinking today already, and it's good to keep short accounts with God. And friend, tonight, if you have to say and admit in the heart, uh, Lord, I, I have been drifting a little bit, I have been cold, I haven't been as faithful to your things as I know I should be, well, then make this hymn a prayer of your own heart and The Lord will hear. Let's sing the final verse. Please turn to Daniel chapter 4, the first 18 verses, Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people Nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the High God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to. To generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the Spirit of the holy gods. And before him I told the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, Master of the magicians, because I know that the Spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much And in it was meat for all. The beasts of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heavens dwelt in the boughs thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven, and cried aloud and said, Thus, hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's and let a beast's heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation. But thou art able, for the Spirit of the holy gods is in thee. We'll pause there, coming back to this chapter a little bit later in our service. I want you to know you're all very welcome in the Savior's name tonight. We're very happy that you're here with us in person and also joining our service online. You are very, very welcome. We're also happy to have our young boys and girls with us in the church tonight, and I know that Janelle has a birthday tomorrow, and she's going to be nine years old tomorrow. So we wish you a very happy birthday, Janelle, and we hope that you'll know the blessing of the Lord upon you, and you'll be able to open your presents tomorrow, and I hope you get some nice things, okay? I hope that's all going to come to pass for you as well. And whether you're young or old, if you're having a birthday, we wish you all the best and pray the Lord's rich blessing upon you. Remember, please, the fellowship time we're going to be having after the evening service tonight. You're all welcome, and we hope you're able to stay behind with us. Wednesday evening, our prayer meeting and Bible study at 7.30, and there will be a special Sunday school staff prayer time during the regular time of prayer, and it will be an opportunity to give thanks to the Lord for His blessing in our Sunday school over this past year and to think of some of the ways in which God has met with and used the ministry of the Sunday school and encouraged each other. We will hopefully be looking at Psalm 63 looking at verses 6 and 7 on Wednesday night. So let me challenge you to commit verses 6 and 7 to your memory. Friday is Canada Day and our church family barbecue. If you haven't put your name down, please do so tonight so that we know how many to prepare for and the food. That's 5 p.m. on Friday. Our Lord's Day services next Sunday... There will be no Sunday school at 9.55, but our morning service starts at 11 and our evening service at 6.30. Let me encourage you all not to sleep in too much next Lord's Day. Be sure you're here in good time. It's always good to be ten minutes early to a service instead of five minutes late. So come in good time and be ready to worship the Lord. Two advance announcements for us, starting on July the 4th, we are recommencing our sports fellowship in our school gymnasium, and that will be from around 6 to 9 p.m., and if you have any questions about that, you can see our brother Kingsley Jew, he is heading this up, and that's for everyone who would like to come along and enjoy some fellowship in the gym. There will be different sporting activities. And it's not altogether organized. It's you come along and you just enjoy whatever game that you would like to play. Then on July the 9th, there will be an outing to Fenland Falls for our youth, our young adult fellowship. And an announcement will be sent out to you via email. And then you can get back and let us know if you would like to be along for that time. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise, number 353. 353, he lifted me. We'll remain seated while we sing. We'd like you please to remember in prayer our sister Rowena Delina. This past week, she was involved in a car accident and it's left her uh, with many strained muscles. Thankfully, she was not injured more extensively than that, but sometimes those particular situations, she was hit from behind uh, traveling on the 401. And so do please remember our sister in your prayers and also her entire family and that the Lord would give her a very speedy recovery as well. We know it's very hot tonight in our church. Our air conditioning system has been broken down. It is missing a part. It's only working up to half potential. And like so many other of the difficulties in getting parts these days, Uh, It takes a lot longer, and sometimes there's just a fact there is no part that you can find. And so we are waiting patiently or impatiently, as the case may be. But as soon as we get that, we hope to get the system back up to full speed again. Please turn now to Daniel chapter 4. Reading from verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is Thou, O King, that art grown and become strong, for Thy greatness is grown and reacheth unto heaven, and Thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the King saw a watcher and an holy one coming down from heaven, and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field. and Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O King, and this is the decree of the Most High, which is come upon my Lord the King. They shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee after that thou shall have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O King, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquillity. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom? But the might, by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling. Shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass. As oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. We'll end our reading there, please, and take a moment now to ask for the Lord's help in our service. Gracious Father, come, now we pray, Lord, and open our hearts and our understanding to Thy holy Word, inspired, infallible, inerrant, given to us for our learning, for our instruction, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Instruct us, Lord, I pray. Help me tonight to speak as the Lord's messenger in the Word of God. Bless us tonight. Speak on, Father. I pray to any who are unsaved, they will come to rest and trust in the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. We ask this tonight in Jesus' holy name. Amen. At the end of chapter 3 of Daniel, the three young Jewish gentlemen who had taken their stand for truth, they were honored by God with a miraculous deliverance, Christ being with them in the heat of the trial. What an encouragement to know that the Savior who allowed them to be taken slaves was with them in their refusal to eat the king's food. He was with them as they came before Nebuchadnezzar to that trial, and they could literally feel the heat of that fire. And then to the very point where they were bound in their own clothing and thrown into the fire, yet by the miracle of God they were untouched by its power. The flame did not touch them. The smoke did not attach to their clothing or singe one of their eyebrows. They were delivered. Our God is the overseeing Lord of the fine details of our lives. My dear friends, tonight in your life nothing happens by chance. The same Lord that was with them is with us in the heat and fury of our trials. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We can trust in Him at all times and not be afraid, knowing that He will never do us any harm. They had won that victory By God's power, and they were promoted to a higher place than they were before in Babylon. Three slaves, three servants, three saints, really, nobodies in the eyes of the world, but very, very special in the eyes of their God. Now we come to chapter 4. And as Dr. McClelland noted in his study notes when he went through Daniel all the way back in 2011 in the adult Bible class, he noted that this chapter should be required reading for everyone elevated to a position of authority for kings and queens. Presidents and prime ministers, and all executives. This chapter is a testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar, of how he came to the understanding that the God of heaven is the sovereign ruler of all, and that there is no other God beside Him, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It is a fascinating account of the dramatic turnaround experienced by the most powerful monarch that lived on the earth at that time. He had absolute authority. There was no rival for him. And yet he was taken from that place of absolute control to be humbled, to a humble place, to an abased place of a wild animal. And yet, he came back to His throne again. I want to look at this chapter in at least three parts. At least it's starting out at three parts at this point. Tonight, focusing on the last phrase of the last verse of the chapter, Look at verse 37. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. This was the word of Nebuchadnezzar himself. He was speaking about himself. Those that walk in pride he is able to abase. My dear friends, tonight, if what our brother McClellan said about this chapter is true, and I believe it is good advice for all in authority to read over it, then I would say to you that this last phrase should be trailed across the sky in Toronto and in Ontario and in our nation and in every city and nation that so promotes the sin of homosexuality, of transgenderism, and every other abomination that is included in that movement under the tag of pride. We know too well what this day has been for that movement. Those that walk in pride, he is able to abase, and He will abase. Just as this King had walked in His pride, so all who brazenly promote their rejection of God and His holy law, and they march in pride, God will one day call to account. Tonight, as we consider this first part of the chapter and the warning God gave to this man, this king, let the warning of Scripture to flee from the wrath that is to come be echoed throughout our land with the prayer that God will do his convicting and his converting work because salvation is of the Lord and the power to save is by the Holy Spirit and we pray for the salvation of sinners no matter how deeply died in their sin they might be. If the Apostle Paul who declared Himself as the chief of sinners, could be saved, then God is able to save all of us from our sins. So, friend, tonight, listening online, if you're here without Christ, the gospel message is open to you as well. Oh, you might not be engaged in the sin we've been speaking about already. But then again, some may be, and there is hope, and there is deliverance. And I pray that God's Spirit will work in every single heart. The account before us tonight deals with the dream that this man had, Nebuchadnezzar, and what was the outcome immediately of it? I want you to notice, please, in the first part, that there is given by God another warning from the God of heaven through an unknown dream. It really takes part or takes place from verse 4 down to verse 18 of the chapter. Another warning from God through a dream. And in this warning, we have a deception of prosperity. And it comes as a direct warning for us. Look, please, at verse Number four, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. The deception of prosperity. If this man who is giving this testimony could say this so clearly... It is a word of warning for people who might think that there is safety in what they have around them, thinking that there is safety in their prosperity, thinking there is safety in their real estate, thinking there is some kind of comfort or protection in the amount of resources that they might have in this world. Well, if any person would think that, this man thought that. Because he had every reason to think that. Because nothing, absolutely nothing in this world was restrained from him. If ever there could be a question posed to him that Jesus did, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world... There's no if in here for Nebuchadnezzar. He had gained the whole world. He had everything that a man could want. He had every convenience, at least in that time period. He had every possible description of wealth. Gold, remembering, he had made an image of gold. He had the wealth of nations. He had a bank account where he never even bothered counting. It was so full, so big, so vast. All of the empires and all the regions of the empire would bring their harvest to Babylon. They would bring the taxation to Babylon. They would bring the wealth of Babylon. Every single imaginable descriptive of wealth. He had it. And what was he doing? He was taking it easy. That's what he was doing. He was in his palace. He was at rest in his house. It was a bit like the rich man that we are told about. Soul take thy knees. Eat, drink and be merry. You've got everything. Build bigger barns to store your goods. Every single thing imaginable this man had, he had his prosperity. But there was a great deception in that prosperity. He was at rest in his house, and he was flourishing in his palace. There wasn't a bad day for Nebuchadnezzar, really. Things just kept coming in. He would have to say almost, stop bringing it in. I don't need any more. But it kept coming in. He had all this world had to offer. And friends, there are some today who could be in our time frame described by this very description. There are those who are rich. There are those who are wealthy. And there are those who are super wealthy and super rich and they control much and here this man fell under the deceit of riches he fell under the guise of a false protection of his wealth and his fame and his power and all that he had friends Riches take themselves wings, and they fly away. Whatever we have, nothing to the degree that this man had, but whatever wealth that we might have, let us all be very, very careful not to place undue dependence upon them. And that can happen to each each person. Because though the bank account might be not as vast as others, there is a danger that we can place too much emphasis in the wrong place. And we can be distracted. Now, of course, at this point, Nebuchadnezzar knew nothing personally of the God of heaven and of salvation. Oh, there were indications and there were surface things. But nothing had entered down into the heart of the man. Well, the deception of his prosperity was suddenly overturned because there was an upset to his vain peace. Verse 5, he said, I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts upon my bed And the visions of my head, they troubled me. Oh, he was resting secure and safe. He was resting happy. But all of a sudden, a dream came to him on a night. And all the peace and security evaporated. My dear friends, how fragile, how fleeting is the peace of the ungodly that it can be shaken and removed in one night, in one dream. It's a hard thing to define, really. But those that have studied dreams and nightmares and things of that nature, they have concluded that when we are asleep and going through a dream, and we might imagine that the dream is lasting for hours upon hours of our night, And they say, dreams are very, very short. Maybe five minutes. Maybe even less. And yet so much information is crowded into a very short space of time. And this unsettled this man. And he could not figure out the dream, the interpretation of it. Oh, friends... When our peace is settled in Christ, as we were thinking this morning, and when Jesus Christ, the great giver of peace, comes to bless us with that great gift, it will not be taken from us at a whim. It will not be removed so suddenly. It's not fragile. It is a strong and firm substance given by our God It is that blessing that we possess because we know Christ is ours and we are secure in the peace that He gives and it cannot be taken away. Oh, the devil tries and he comes to pound against us. He comes with his doubts and his temptations and his fears. But do not allow those things from the devil to take away the peace that we have in the Lord. But the ungodly are not so. They reel to and fro like a drunken man in their uneasiness and unrest. They are shaken so easily by a dream. And so Nebuchadnezzar was. But we also have here the sudden anxiety for the magicians. Look at verse 6. Therefore make... Made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. Now we don't know exactly how much time elapsed from the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. Some mention a, a number of years, some say 20 years, some say a bit less than that, some more. How many of those original soothsayers or magicians or astrologers that were involved in that first scenario when Nebuchadnezzar called them in and would not tell them the dream? He didn't know the dream or the interpretation And when none of them could tell the story for the king, you know what happened. He ordered the execution of them all. So if there were any of them that were still in that crowd, perhaps their knees were shaking at this time. Some sudden anxiety upon these magicians. Ah, but there seems to be at least... Some degree of grace, some degree of change that is mellowed in this aging king, because now he is prepared to tell them the dream. But even though he tells them the dream, they are unable to give the interpretation thereof. It's no real surprise until at last Daniel is summoned. Verse 8, But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the Spirit of the holy gods. Again, we don't know why Daniel was not brought in to begin with, why he was called at the end, Was he away from the gathering of all the other ones? Was he an older man at this time and was not disturbed? There are a lot of ideas or conjectures about that. It's not really important. But what is important is that the king remembered about Daniel and he called his servant in To give the interpretation. And the name is given here of Belteshazzar. Nebuchadnezzar says he was named that as a result of his god, Bel. Some interpreters have given the definition of the meaning, he is a keeper of the secrets. A keeper of the secrets. That would be Belteshazzar. And so now Daniel is coming or being brought in to give the interpretation of this dream. And we're told in verse 9, O Belshazzar, Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the Spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. So, out of this sudden anxiety of the magicians that were called, and finally Daniel is brought in because the king is honoring him as his servant, and he is a man among whom it is known to be a revealer of secrets. The history and the testimony of Daniel is known, and he has the spirit of the holy gods. Now, you have to understand, when Nebuchadnezzar spoke that word, he is speaking about it from a man who believes in multiple gods, and he is worshiping his own god, Bel, but there were other gods of the empire that other people were worshiping, and so as he would look into the fire and see the fourth man walking about, our translators have said, like unto the Son of God, but In more practical terms, Nebuchadnezzar would see a son of the gods because he believed in many. And he said that Daniel had the spirit of the gods. He believed in the supernatural. He was not a God denier. Nebuchadnezzar was not an atheist. He believed that there was something out there or many of the somethings out there that could be communicated with. I want you to notice also in this the content of the dream. Now it gets into the details of this and we find it from verse 10 down to verse 17. We'll not read this again but I'll go through and just give you the highlights of it. What Nebuchadnezzar saw was a large tree. It was a strong tree. It was in the very center of the earth, and it reached up to heaven, and it filled the entire earth. And the animals and the birds of heaven, they dwelt under the branches of the tree, and all were supplied by the fruit of this great tree. Then Nebuchadnezzar saw a watcher, a holy one come from heaven, an angel, some heavenly being, And when that watcher came down, the word of judgment was with that watcher, and the judgment came out, cut down the tree, hew it down, cut off the branches of the tree, strip it down, shake the tree so all the leaves fall off, scatter the fruit of the tree, but the stump was to be preserved." and a band of iron and brass to be placed around the stump as a way of signaling its preservation. But then suddenly, something happens in this interpretation that's given. The metaphor changes. It's not simply addressed as an impersonal object of a tree. It then comes down to be directed toward a person. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar, who is having this dream, is the one to whom the person is being addressed. And we are told that that person would be wet with the dew of heaven, that he would eat grass as an ox, and that his heart would be changed from being the heart of a man to become the heart, to take on the instinct, the behavior, the mannerisms of an ox. His heart would be changed until seven times we pass over him. Commentators have suggested the seven times would be seven years. Others have said, It's too difficult to tell with great certainty how much time was required or what this represents. It's a period of time. Then the lesson of the dream is given that the living may know. And Please, it's important to follow with this one. It's in verse 17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent. That's, this is the meaning of this dream. That's what it's all about. That the living, that's Nebuchadnezzar, that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. The whole book of Daniel, narrowing in on chapter 4, it is a great summary of the sovereignty of the God of heaven with whom we have to do. It is an account about God who rules in the heavens above and in the affairs of men on this earth and that God will set up whoever He determines at what place and at what time and He will put in place the basis, the lowest of men. Perhaps that gives us a little understanding of what's going on in Canada today. In the United States today, In the kingdoms of this world today, the basest of men, the lowest of moral standard, the basest of integrity, those who are purveyors of lies, that's probably the nicest way I could put that, those who are given over to their own pride, to their own way, To their own thinking. And so, we have before us here this dream and the content of it and the purpose that God has given in that dream. I want you to think now, the second major point for you tonight is Daniel's faithful interpretation. It takes in verses 19 to 26, his faithful interpretation. Look at verse 19. It says, Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. And Belteshazzar answered and said, "My Lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. This is actually a very touching scene before us. Whatever relationship had transpired or developed. Between this king and Daniel the wise man, it seems that there was an affection that was shared between them to some degree. From Daniel's point of view, Nebuchadnezzar was the king who deserved honor as a king. Daniel was a subject of Babylon the Empire, he never went back to Israel. He died there in that place. That was now his adopted home. And in being a man of God as Daniel was and faithful to the living God, that had already been clearly marked out. Nebuchadnezzar was of no mistaking that point that Daniel had made it very clear he was not going to give in to the whims of of the dietary things. That was a stand he took early on in his life and years. And wherever Daniel was in the whole golden image ordeal, we do not know. But you know this, that had Daniel been present with those three other friends, he would never have been bowing down either. He would have been in there. There would have been five in the burning fiery furnace instead of just four. But this developed relationship is very interesting because as the king observes the trouble, the anguish of spirit and heart that his servant is going through at this time, Daniel's troubled because he sees the dream, he knows the interpretation, he knows what it means, and he is upset. And the king says to him, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or the interpretation trouble you. He's now coming on the side of a sympathetic tone toward Daniel. And Daniel then responds to him. And he says, O king, my lord. It's a lowercase l. It's a a term of endearment, of an honor. He says, my lord, this dream, it's for your enemies. This dream will be taken by your enemies and they will relish in it. They will exalt in it. They will glory in it because it means the humility and the demise of you as a king in the empire. And so in verse 19, we have that moving emotional exchange. And then from verse 20, Daniel gives to the king the interpretation. He tells them this tree, this great tree that's filling the whole earth, that all the animals and the birds and the peoples of this world are receiving their bounty, their supply, their sustenance. They are being under the organization of the Babylonian Empire. They are flourishing. They are in prosperity. There, is, there are great things happening in the empire, and all people seem to be well taken care of this was a time of great bounty and nebuchadnezzar was the king over that bounty but there was coming a time when that tree would be cut down and he is telling him that you are this king up to this point in time the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, it's unknown to him, the meaning, the interpretation behind it. Now it's slowly unfolding to him. And then these words come to him. Daniel says, You are the king. It's you. You are the one. You are this tree. And you're going to be cut down. You are going to be humbled. And he goes through all of the details of that And as we come back in our further studies of the chapter to review some of these important points that deal with how the king responded and the great purposes of the sovereignty of God in all of these matters. But for tonight, this faithful interpretation that was brought to this man, it's concluded in a very solemn Warning to repent. Oh, here's the grace of God given to this man. For in verse 27, we have Daniel's faithful counsel to this king. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Daniel was faithful in his counsel to the king. Now, he could have given the interpretation to this king and then said, I've done my job, close his book and leave. But he follows up with a very solemn warning to the king, with an opportunity for him to repent. My dear friends, the very Word of God and the gospel message and the gospel minister and the evangelist and those of you who are involved with the Word of God, you have a responsibility. It's not just enough to read the portions of Scripture or to declare the judgment of God upon a sinful world, we are here as God's messengers, His ambassadors, to share the message of truth and hope to a dying and a lost world. Let us be careful and faithful in the counsel and the giving out of the message of repentance and salvation. He says to this king, show evidence of repentance. Repent of your sin. Is that not the word of our Lord? Is that not the very first message that Jesus Christ preached? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh, friend, let that word never be far from our outreach, our evangelism. Let us share and present and preach the message of breaking off your sins. You cannot, we cannot faithfully communicate the message of salvation without exposing the sins that people have committed. And it means, friend, tonight saying to people break off your sins, those sins whereby you have broken the law of God, you have broken the commandments of God. It's the very reason why we are under the condemnation of God and the judgment of the Lord. We have offended. And therefore, we say to the ungodly, break off your sins. Repent of that which you have done. There is the faithful counsel of Daniel. There is his showing of the evidence of the need for repentance. And then the pleading for the mercy of God toward this man. That phrase in verse 27, that it might be for the lengthening of thy tranquility. What does that mean? In the margin you will see It means the healing of your sins. The healing of your sins. And so, God's prophet is saying to the king, if you come to the Lord in repentance, there was opportunity for Nebuchadnezzar here to heal yourself. Because when we come to our God in repentance, Friend, if you're outside of the Lord tonight, if you're watching online and you're not saved, this message of repentance is for you. This message of salvation, of the mercy of God is for you. There is hope. There is not despair. There is hope tonight in Christ. And when you look to Him, when you call upon Him, You will see that He is a great Redeemer. He is our great Savior. And He is more willing to save you than you will ever fully know. You say, How do I know that? Because you are looking tonight at a sinner whom Christ has saved. You're looking at a sinner saved by the grace of God. And so I say to you, on the authority of this word from God's faithful servant, turn, break off your sins, and know the healing that there is in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll bow, please, in prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that this word will not fall on any deaf ears. I'm asking, Lord, that each one of us who are born again of the Spirit would draw instruction and help and that we would know the reassurance of the peace that we have in our hearts and we need not be troubled by those things that would be from the evil one. We ask, O God, to speak effectually to the hearts of those without Christ. Father, make us, I pray, soul winners. So part us in Your fear with Your rich blessing. Lord, we give thanks for the food that is provided for us tonight Bless our fellowship. Bless our conversation. Lord, hear our prayer. We ask all these things tonight in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.